Hello, I'm Daniel. This is my podcast, Sharpening the Mind. I am a meditation teacher and also a labor activist in Kansas City, Missouri. I teach classes in meditation and Buddhism at the Rime Buddhist Center, as well as a few other places. Thank you for listening and have a great day. Hi. Today, the topic of my talk is this precious human life. This precious human life. And it's really about, what I'm going to talk about is sort of the great opportunity we have in being born as human beings. In his book, uh, The Power of Mind, Control Lodrote, he says that we, he encourages us to Reflect on the freedoms and advantages of human life and consider the value of being human. So, we have many opportunities that other beings don't have, that other life forms don't have, right? And not only that, but I think we have many opportunities that human beings did not have for many, many years. And actually... Some people in the world don't have the opportunities we have. So I'm thinking of... I'm thinking of the things that are very common that we take, advan- take, uh, take for granted. Like flushable toilets, and hot showers, and soap, and hand sanitizer, and the internet, right? We have all these things that 500 years ago would have been baffling to a person to see what we have, and not only that, access to medical care, access to food, although there are problems in the food industry and problems in the, in the medical industry, we still have access that ancient people did not have, and that's something we can reflect on too. Not only human life versus animal life, but human life versus other, other humans, other humans, and there are, you know, there are people that are very food insecure, there are people that don't have flushable toilets and running water. Those people exist in the world, and we should not forget that that is a thing that still happens and just think that's a thing from the past. But, that being said, we are also talking about our opportunity to practice meditation. Our opportunity to study these teachings and put them into practice, because, you know, my cat can't do that. Right? Right? Dogs can't do that. Insects can't do that, right? Any of the animals we see are not able to study the teachings, are not able to have the same kind of personal growth that we're able to have. At least I think. I don't know for sure, but I think they're not able to. So we have these opportunities that other other creatures don't have, okay? In the book, uh, he goes on to say, it's important to take into account a much broader perspective than just this present life. This life is not our first, nor will it be our last. For innumerable, innumerable lifetimes, our fundamental consciousness, the mind, has been propelled uninterruptedly from one life to the next through the force of habitual imprints. Now, That's the concept of rebirth, which is a traditional Buddhist teaching, and it's especially uh, a valued 
concept in the Tibetan tradition, from which Kendrol Lodrote comes. And it's something that a lot of people struggle struggle to understand, struggle to believe in, struggle to grasp. And me too. I typically, I think of, uh, I think that, like, I don't need to take rebirth literally because I can see cause and effect in my own life. And that's usually how I prefer to think about it. It's not so much that rebirth is hard to believe as just, like, it's hard to get your head around it. That when you die, you will be born as another being that is not you, but also it has imprints of you, so it sort of is you, but it's not you, right? That's a really, really tough thing for me. So this is a teaching that I don't, I don't um, connect with very well. And maybe you're like me, and maybe you're not. Maybe you connect with rebirth really well. Uh, but I think it can still be meaningful to learn about it, to study it, to think about it some. So he sort of expresses that we can think about it like when we are transitioning from being awake to being asleep or from being asleep to being awake. Your consciousness is going to go somewhere else. So what we, what we do, what we see, what we experience, these things have an impact on our current life. And he's telling us we can also reflect on how it can have an impact on future lives. It can have an impact on future lives. But that that's a bit in the weeds. Um, the point is, the point of all of this is this. We have freedom. We have, because we've been born in a time and place as human beings where we have the ability practice and study and try to better ourselves. In some other context, we may not have that opportunity. And who knows if we'll always have it, even in this life, who knows if we'll always have it. You know, a catastrophic thing could happen to you and you could no longer be able to practice and study the teachings, right? This could go away. <clears throat> so that's a thing to think about. We wouldn't, in some situations, we wouldn't be able to understand the causes for happiness or to find an end to suffering. And the truth is, we may not always have that in our current life. You know, you could have some sort of horrifying accident that makes you unable to study, makes you unable to sit still, right? You could get a horrifying disease that makes you unable to sit still. All sorts of things can happen to us, right? And we don't have to think about, um, I'm lucky in this life that I can practice because in my next life, who knows? And in my past lives, who knows, right? We don't have to think about it that way necessarily because our own life could lead to more difficulty practicing. There's things that can happen. So... What does that mean for us? Well, it means we are called upon to decide what we want to do with our time and what is really important because I can do this. I can transcend my suffering. I'm in a position where I can cultivate wisdom and compassion and I can overcome my suffering. I can do that because of the time and place I was born, because of my, to some level, natural ability and my interest in the teachings. 
And am I going to have all those things for my whole life? I don't know. I don't know if I'm going to have those conditions my whole life, but those are the conditions. And we can think of them as advantages that we have. So he goes on in the book to say, We need a proper physical support to understand the teachings and to apply them in practice. To be born human and to have the leisure to practice means we possess certain freedoms. To have advantages means that we have circumstances in our lives that enable us to search for an authentic path and then to accomplish it. These advantages include where we are born, our mental faculties, and the general conditions of our lives. If we don't appreciate the freedoms and advantages that we have, then we won't use them fully. It's important to think carefully about the choices we make. So, what is he telling us? When conditions are right in our lives, we have that opportunity to practice. And I like to say practice and study because we're studying these, these mind training teachings as well as putting them into practice in meditation. But that is, that is what we're talking about. Um, we, have, we have a certain baseline of basic needs that we need to have met. And once we make sure those are being met, well, we can decide where to put our energy, right? We can decide where to put our energy. Do we want to put it towards mindlessly consuming? Do we want to put our energy toward giving in to all our temptations? Do we want to put our energy towards stepping on other people to find advantages for ourselves? Or do we want to put our energy toward our own growth? our own awakening. Do we want to put our energy toward our awakening? And that's, I want to posit that that's where I want to put my energy. We can, I like to say, in this path you, can add, you can't necessarily add years to your life, but you can add life to your years. We can add more meaning to our lives, and we can be in more harmony with the world around us, and we can make a difference in the world. And, not only all that, but be happier too. Be happier, because there's a sense of contentment that we can get to if we stop chasing after our basest pleasures all the time, and if we start trying to better ourselves and cultivate wisdom and compassion, there's a kind of happiness we can get to. There's a kind of happiness we can get to. So I want to now read to you a story. And this is a traditional Tibetan story, and again, it's from the book, The Power of Mind. And I'm going to read, it's a paragraph, I'm going to read it to you, and we'll see how we feel about it. In Tibet, there was a famous spiritual teacher named Chen Gawa, who is known far and wide as being a paramount example of someone who truly realized the value of human life. He didn't want to lose a single moment of this precious opportunity to engage in positive actions, so he hardly slept. One day, one of his students, Tompa, expressed concern that if Chengawa 
did not sleep, he would get sick, and he encouraged his teacher to sleep more. To that suggestion, Chengawa replied that while it was wonderful to have good health, when he thought about how hard it was to find the freedoms and advantages of human birth, he knew he didn't have time to squander a moment. It is said that Chengawa accumulated more than 9 billion mantras over the course of his life. Although most of us won't become as diligent this great, as this great master, nor are we being asked to, we will find that as our awareness of the value of this life increases, what is important to us and how we choose to use, e use each moment will change. It's heavy, right? So he decided, I'm not going to sleep, I'm too busy meditating. Um, and I'm too busy practicing to sleep. I don't advocate that we should do what Chingawa did, but we can look at that kind of we can value that kind of commitment. We can, we can respect that, and we can think, oh, well, if he can do that, and I'm just trying to meditate 15 minutes a day, like, I can, I can probably handle that, right? I can probably handle meditating every day and not letting myself get out of it when I don't feel like it. I can probably handle that, because this guy, Chingawa, he could handle anything, it seems like, right? Anything. So... When we realize that human life is precious and rare, we can reflect on how we can make our life meaningful. We can reflect on that. If we are just working to, one, fulfill our basic needs, and then two, just gather pleasure, just collect material things, accomplish material goals, what we're not doing is unleashing our full potential. What we're not doing is unleashing our full, full potential. And the truth is that if we are focused on only worldly aims, only on collecting more things, getting more pleasure, getting more uh, riches, power, fame, we're not going to find true happiness there. That, that kind of happiness is fleeting. And so, in the book, Kendra Lodrote, he differentiates between temporary happiness and ultimate happiness. And I think that is instructive to us here. Because on this path, we're going after both kinds of happiness. Okay? And so, really, a person doesn't even have to believe ultimate happiness is possible in order to get a lot, a lot out of this path. Okay? And I think that can be very instructive to us. Temporary happiness means finding true joy in this life. I'm sorry, this is a quote. This is a quote. I'm quoting Kentrell Lodrote here. And I quote, Temporary happiness means finding true joy in this life by working on our mind so that happiness is not dependent on external circumstances. Ultimate happiness is achieved by fully entering a path that leads to freedom, a path based on purifying ourselves of obscurations and flaws while realizing our true nature replete with all positive qualities. If we maximize the potential of being human, the short and long-term results will be positive. So look closely at your goals and actions to see if you are fulfilling your potential. Wow, right? So, temporary happiness... 
is I want to learn how to stop thinking that I need a certain amount of money before I'm allowed to be happy. It's true, I need enough to pay for my healthcare, housing, and food, and to provide for my family, but a lot of the time we think, you know, money, there's not a limit to it, there's not a maximum wage, right? So a lot of the time, we get fall, we fall into this trap of thinking that there's never, ever, ever, ever enough, and that can be actual money, that can be possessions, things, that can be, that never enough uh, really poisons our joy. So that first level, that temporary happiness, we get that by fix, not learning how to not fixate on, I want this, I want that, me, 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 all the time. That mind that says, I, me, mine. It doesn't serve us, there's no limit to what we can try to collect or what pleasures we can try to get. There's no limit to those, Right? And again, we have a baseline that we need, but after that, things usually don't make us as happy as we think they will. And I think if you reflect on your life, you would agree with that, I think. So, we're wasting our potential. We're wasting our potential by thinking about making more money and not focusing as much as we can on a spiritual path, on transforming ourselves, on cultivating wisdom and compassion. Because those are the things that bring us actual happiness. Connecting with other people is something that brings us actual happiness. Connecting with objects does not in the same way. And I think part of human nature is we are, we are hardwired to want to connect with other people. And Chasing after things all the time gets in the way. Gets in the way. Ultimate happiness, though, that is the, the what we're talking about, spiritual enlightenment. That is the, the, where we really want it to go. That's true freedom. So te in temporary happiness, like we're reminding ourselves, oh, well, that's probably not going to make me as happy as I think it will. In ultimate happiness, maybe we have that struggle less and less and less because we know already. Okay, and we're trying to overcome our emotional baggage, our hindrances, our obscurations, our delusions. We're trying to overcome these things because when we see our true nature, then we are able to tune into our positive qualities, and that is where we fulfill our potential. And that, make no mistake, that is what mind training is about. It's about figuring out how to fulfill our potential and then doing that. And this human life is precious, this human life is rare, and we've got to remind ourselves that we don't want to waste it. We don't want to waste it, okay? So, that is it for today. That has been the talk on precious human life. Thank you for taking the time to listen to me, and have a good day. Hello. I am going to read to you a passage from The Power of Mind by Kentrell Lodrote. And this passage is about how to take the teachings on precious human life into our from our meditation practice, essentially, and study out 
into the real world. That's what this passage is about. So I'm going to read it out loud to you, and that's it. So, here we go. You can use the practice of reflecting on this precious human life to change your perspective and manage your emotions in response to any situation in life. For example, if people, events, or even an email or text begins to upset you, pause. Refresh your perspective. Think about the vast extent of existence and reflect on how you have such a rare opportunity to be human. Ask yourself whether getting upset and reacting in a defensive or angry way makes this human life meaningful. Is it worth it? At the time of death, how will you feel about your behavior? Will these actions produce future positive experiences? Consider this human life to be a short moment in time during which you have the potential to gain ultimate freedom from suffering. Do you want to waste it being angry or justifying your negative thoughts and actions? Resolve to act in a way you won't regret at the end of your life. So that's the reading on reflecting on precious human life and sort of trying to take it off the cushion and out into the world. I I like this teaching because it makes me think of... Uh, you know, don't waste your life. Do things that are really meaningful. And that is an important lesson for us. We shouldn't want to waste our lives because this life is precious and rare. So that's it for today. Thank you for taking the time to listen and have a good day. Thank you for listening and have a good day.